This episode brought to you by Audible. 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 slash horror version for 30 days free to book to get you started for that book recommendation, Jen Ferratu. Yay, guys. I'm so excited. I'm going to recommend some of my favorite books from my childhood. I'm recommending Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, more Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and Scary Stories 3, More Tales to Chill Your Bones. These are the um, books that this movie is based on, and they are awesome. I read them when I was a kid. I'll talk a lot about that in this episode, but I don't think all of the stories are in the audio version, but I actually haven't listened to it, so let me know. So guys, check out one of the Scary Stories books on Audible. All of the Scary... No, I think they're all together, because these books are short. I think they're all together in one collection. Fair enough. Check out all of them, then. Yeah. This episode also brought to you by... Nick B. Hey, Nick B. So, fun fact about Nick B. He loves pineapple upside down cake. Oh, because it's delicious. Well, he turns it right side up before he eats it. It's a weird thing. That's what you're supposed to do. So you see the... Wait, pineapple. is it? Yeah. You bake the you put the pineapple at the bottom of the pan and pour the stuff on top of it so the pineapple bakes into the bread. No, he likes to eat cake. it that way. He doesn't turn it back around. So it's like a delightful pineapple surprise. Does he think it's just regular cake? <laughs> He's like, oh, I hate pineapple every time. <laughs> I gotta get a clear bowl. It's like <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Rebecca. Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. Rebecca. Welcome to the party. This is actually in the timeline the first time that we've talked about Rebecca. That is true, although next time you'll hear us talking about Rebecca like oh. it's the first time, but we're going to leave it because it I don't want to edit anymore. First time. Hey, future Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca. past Rebecca. Yeah. Rebecca, she likes reading yeah, because she's smart. But she likes reading insults of children. <laughs> she writes joke books about like your mama's so fat. She, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Rebecca, I'm so happy that you joined the party. Thank you so much for your support. Yes, Please thank you so much. Please ignore these guys. You're delightful. As, yes. If you do like to read, I'd love to know what you like to read. This episode also brought to you by John. John. Let me tell the truth about John. All right. Let's do this. So John was walking down the street. It was a middle school. And this kid was playing a didgeridoo. And John fucking broke it across his knee. Dude, didgeridoos are really big. He said, I hate the joy of children as he did it. I hate the joy of children is a weird thing to yell while breaking a didgeridoo. <laughs> I'm not John. Guys, don't tell me about Didgeridoos are really tall. They're like taller than people. Yeah. John, yeah. didgeridoo don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I'd like to thank Noah, our spy in Australia, yes. for sending yeah. me the, the hot tip. Thanks, yeah. Noah. Everyone be on the lookout on John if you live in the He's the blonde down. guy with the mustache. <laughs> or as I call Australia, the Upside Down. <laughs> you know, from Stranger Things. I got yeah, the yeah, we joke. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you can tell when I get the joke? I laugh at it. <laughs> I thought you didn't laugh hard enough, so I thought I'd explain it. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem, not explaining it enough. I'm going to go ahead and bring in that theme music. Yes, please end this. Yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't involved, so I can bring it up whenever I want. That seems fair. <laughs> gotta, we got to stay together for the kids, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to the Horror Virgin, everyone. No, this works for my parents. Hey, I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, mm-hmm. let alone going to see them in the theater. <laughs> and we try to convince you to love them. Yeah, and you guys made me watch scary stories to tell in the dark yes. in the theater. So mm-hmm. uh, we just got back from the theater. Yeah. It is 
is like midnight. There may yes, be, welcome or to may late not night at the pod be. <laughs> <laughs> so have you guys both read the books? Yes. Yes, I was in, uh, in school. I bet the first one. In- <laughs> I feel like that <laughs> was, was a huge school. high road for me. <laughs> have you guys read the books? Yeah, I've been to school, Todd, so I know how to read. I, I, I did not read these books in Look, school. Todd, I came from a loving home that gave me like $10 during the I, Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's where yeah. I got these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read. Just full stop. But you know, like that's, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't read them. So you guys have read all of them? Oh, yeah. I love these books so much. I didn't read the books, so this... I had no idea that there wasn't like a narrative. It, yeah. Like it wasn't a novel, right? Mm-hmm. I, I asked you when we came out because I had heard before we went in that it was just a bunch of short stories. Mm-hmm. And the movie is not like that at all. The movie has like a plot narrative throughout yeah. the whole thing. So I was a little surprised. And I think they did a really good job making a narrative story out of all the short stories. I think so, too. Because I, I think... didn't know. Right. And it doesn't feel like like an anthology movie, you know, because we've watched a couple of anthologies where it's very segmented and it doesn't feel like that at all. And so these books are, they are just short stories that lots of them don't connect. They're kind of put together in like types, like there's a whole chapter on urban legends. And then there are some that are kind of like sing songy ones. And there's some that are jokes that are just to amp up you for a big scare. Like farting into a milk carton and making someone drink. (laughs) That's in stupid things to do when you're in middle school. That's that book. Oh, wait, is that an actual thing? No, it's not. Oh, okay. But we should write that book. I did not know. We'll make a million dollars. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the movie, though? I really liked it. As a fan of the books, I feel like the movie felt like reading the books. Okay. Mikey, how about you? I'm going to put it in the same place that I put Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, I, I like, like the movie, movie a lot, which I like Ernest Scared Stupid a lot, so don't make that noise. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt it was like a good horror movie made for like 11, 12, 13, 14 okay, year olds. But yeah. the books are written for that age group, right? They are, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's on theme. I, I like the it books is. back in the day. I like the creepy illustrations that mm-hmm. used to be in them. I liked being scared or whatever. I like that it was like a period piece. Yeah, I did too. And it didn't shy, didn't shy away from like some big issues back then. Oh yeah, um, there were some yeah. dicey themes. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel personally attacked that you said this movie is probably for eleven, twelve, and thirteen year olds because it did scare me at points. There were a lot of jump scares in it, and I yeah. didn't love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the fact that they were able to like create a narrative that went the whole movie just based on a bunch of short stories, I find very impressive. It's mm-hmm. watchable. I do think it's for a younger age group. Yeah, yeah. but it would definitely be like a good like, are you afraid of the dark? The movie. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of had a like TV movie vibe to it but it wasn't a bad vibe a little bit it just I, I don't mean that in a bad way yeah. though like I you could see this on TV maybe it's a better way to say that I've heard it described as gateway horror like for kid people or like maybe teenagers who are just starting to watch horror movies or kind of people who don't really love horror that much right like not necessarily hardcore horror fans if you're 12 and you're having a Halloween party at your house is probably one of the movies that you could put on I think it would be fun for a slumber mm-hmm. party yeah yeah let's get into this fucking movie so we hear a voiceover um Um, And it's we find out Stella, who's our main character. Right. And she's talking about stories can hurt and stories can heal. And this is one of the things I love is that it really this movie really glorifies stories and talks about the power of telling short stories. Sort of makes sense because it's a book about short stories. Exactly. And it's like you were saying, I think they did a great job of really honoring the story, but telling a new story in a new way. All right. So she's talking about stories. They can hurt. They can heal. And the more you tell them, they became real. And I think that's interesting because a lot of the stories in these books are from folklore. Yeah. And they're stories that have been told over and over and over again. And you got to have that third rhyme. Oh, hurt, heal, 
become real. Got there you it. Go. Nate, <laughs> well, guys, <laughs> welcome to the conversation. It's- All right, so it's 1968, and I'm so happy that they decided to set this back in the past because I think it really fits the feel of the book. All right, so we've got Season of the Witch playing, and it's Halloween. Holy shit! Like I, it, the 17 minute long version of Season of the Witch. Yeah, it was so long. Mm-hmm. I liked that it was in the 60s, and I feel like a lot of horror is doing that now, like Stranger Things mm-hmm. is in the past, and it is like that. This, this yeah, had a very it feel to me too. Yeah, I can but see that. doesn't it take place in the 60s originally uh, the first the one movies. is 50s. 50s and it's like this corn town like very just Halloween I feel oh, I just got all the Halloween vibes yeah it oh, and it's really clearly excited. fall yeah mm-hmm. and it is Halloween and we see these jerks come out of a store with their letter jackets on and you instantly oh know they're the bad guys yeah. like it's very like kind of leaning into these iconic Halloween nostalgic 60s that's why it sort of felt Stephen Kingy to uh-huh. me which I don't mean is a bad thing I think it, I think it works well it's got the same kind of feel yeah yeah Um, and so our Letterman jacket guys um, are coming out of the store. In that scene where the the guys in the letter jacket are walking out, we also mm-hmm. see a car driving up and then one of the main characters mm-hmm. who turns out to be named Ramon Ramon mm-hmm. pulls up in that and then you see Stella ride by on her bicycle mm-hmm. so like all of the main characters more yeah. or less, there are two other ones that aren't there but all mm-hmm. of them are like right there. Yeah. But they're not the good characters so we'll leave them out. Well, Ramon and Stella are the two main characters. I like Chuck and Augie They're too. the characters that make you beg the question What's the age of consent here? Yeah. <laughs> and is we Ramon going 18. to jail? They don't kiss. No, the, they don't. At the end, they kiss. No, they, no, they did not. They hugged. Believe oh. me. I was looking because I was like, don't do it, Ramon. I even do wrote that they kissed it. and then they didn't, so I wrote question Jen, mark. you're going to need to no. separate Todd and I in the movie theater when we go see movies. Oh, yeah. Because we did do it right. I don't. We don't I, do it right. We don't do it right. I think I'm going to just sit further away from you guys. Anyways, so we get our three characters together, and my friend Kara went to see it, and she leaned over to me at this point because we've got Stella, Augie, and Chuck, and she was like, "It's like the three of you on the podcast." Wait, which one is which? Oh my god. I am Chuck. You know I'm Chuck. You're Augie for sure. Who's the one that said, this is why I don't read? Um, He was Ross Perot. Did you not pay attention? (laughs) (laughs) It's a really fucking funny joke that no one's going to get unless they've definitely seen the movie. So they're getting together. They're trying to convince Stella to go trick-or-treating with them. They're getting their costumes on. She doesn't really want to go. And we see that her dad is Hank from Breaking Bad. So hey, I love him. Yeah, I like him a lot, too. I liked Mm -hmm. him in Breaking Bad, but he's great in this. Yeah, he is. Not particularly in the beginning scene. But when yeah. they're, they're having that emotional phone call later on, yeah. man, he was he was doing some work. Mm-hmm. He was great. He doesn't have a lot to do, but when he's there, I'm like, oh, it's yeah. Hank, I love you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he did it badly in the beginning. He right. just wasn't asked to do well, much. He's sort of just sitting in the chair, and she brings him dinner, and there's not much there. Right. So they're like middle school age. Like this is gonna no. be. No, they're in high school. They're in high school. Whatever. What movie did you watch? <laughs> he was too busy googling age of consent all night. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I am no Ramon. Okay. <laughs> Okay, they're like freshmen in high school or whatever, and they're dressing up. For I ha- got the feeling they were like juniors or seniors. I, they're yeah. still dressing up for Halloween as a junior. Yeah, they're dressing up 60s. for Halloween as cover to play a prank on the varsity letterman yeah. people. Well, okay, so she dresses up like a witch. Mm-hmm. Chuck it's dresses up the witch, Mikey. It is. Ugh, Chuck. She puts a red stripe on her neck too, which is a nod to one of the stories about a woman. And with also, a her dressing up like a witch is an homage to the witch that she becomes at the end. Not becomes, but, you know, they see her as the witch at the end. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk it. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Chuck dresses up like a spider. And <laughs> he's he's going to be Spider-Man. dresses up like a... He's saying it's some opera character or something. Some weird... It's from literature. We're not exactly sure what their plan is, but we got somebody with a little... Chuck with a little fish thing, and he's trying to fish turds out of his toilet. 
they're First making. Off, he put his mouth on it before he fished the turds off. It, it, it's it could be new, Mikey. It's no, no, he, no, that's from the fish tank. You should not put your mouth on it. Just disgusting. Listen, I agree, but if it's brand new, who cares? Fish tanks in the sixties were sterile too, so it's okay. It's a it's a fact, Mikey. It is. They were Science. sterile. <laughs> all right, so Augie is in his clown costume. <laughs> yeah, Chuck is wearing his Spider Man costume, which I thought was funny. Is just a spider because apparently his mom doesn't. He's know missing Spider-Man two is. legs too. Yeah, it's like it's so it's really like an ant costume or well, like ants has six legs. He only had four because no, his arms and legs, Todd. Oh, so wait, did he actual have leg legs? Yes. Two. So he yeah. is an Ant Man. He is yeah. an Ant Man. Yeah, <gasps> he was Ant Man. Arctic dude, Paul Rudd is cool. Well, I mean, Paul Rudd wasn't Ant Man in the sixties. Was he? But he, he is Ant Man now, right? He is Michael ageless Douglas too. Was Ant Man back then? No, that's not canon. Listen, maybe he was. <laughs> it's at this point that the sheriff pulls over Ramon and is like. What are you doing in town, boy? He doesn't pull mm-hmm. him over. It's, he's getting gas. He just and, menaces him. Yeah, and he rolls up on him and says, what are you doing in town? Or, do you know where you're going? And he goes, just following the harvest. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the first time in the movie where I looked at Mikey and I was like, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is the 60s, and I'm it not is. surprised that it's racist as fuck. Mm-hmm. So they just were true to the decade, I guess. I mean, yeah. yeah. And it was on the election week of Nixon. Yeah. 68. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we see the assholes in their Letterman jackets. And then we see Harold. And I was so excited to see him because that is my favorite story from the books. Harold, the scarecrow. And he is creepy as fuck. I didn't love all of the monsters in this movie, but I really liked Harold. He scared the shit out of me. Um, yeah. A lot of them scared the shit out of me. I can't think really? of one that didn't. I actually really? like the monsters in this. Movie. Yeah. Did you? I, Okay, well, we'll talk about him as we get through. I'm yeah. really glad to hear that. But Harold's the first one. Yeah, Harold it, is. It was scary as fuck. Yeah, that story is the one that I remember that has scared me the most from the okay. books. So, and they're baseball batting him to the face, and you do not ever hit or say mean things to a scarecrow that looks like that, because it will absolutely come to life and kill you. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. I don't understand how they got a scarecrow with, like, a human face. I don't either. Yeah. They killed a man and stuffed him with him. Yeah, 100%. In the book, it is like a sack, and the more they talked to him, the more he started to look human and came to life and skinned. Never talk to scarecrows. That's what I just learned. Don't. Never yeah. talk to scarecrows. Crows, do y'all see? I don't see any. We live, we in, live Nashville. in a city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So they're baseball batting him. They're baseball batting him. They well, are. They're throwing <laughs> beer bottles at him first. Yeah. And then head douchebag who looks really creepy. Yeah, and is an asshole. Well, he, I think his name is Tommy. 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 Yeah. Tommy starts the movie. He signs up for Vietnam. Yeah. He because he, he oh, wants to he? kill people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that. He mm. definitely wants to kill people. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a dick. All right. So, um, clown and spider are going trick or treating. I, I said that because I didn't know their names yet, but they are Augie and Chuck, and they're trying yeah. to get Stella. So Stella decides to go. Yeah, they're talking on walkie talkies. It's mm. very, very Stranger Things. It really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And we've started to learn that Stella is a writer because we see some of her short stories. Well, and Augie also says. Hey, I hear they're taking new submissions for the school mm-hmm. paper or whatever. You should submit some of your stories. And she's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. They'll hate them or whatever. Right. So they're waiting for this guy named Milner. So they're setting this trap for um, Tommy. And I don't think they would have dressed in costumes if they don't. They didn't want to do this. I think they're supposed to be looking like trick or treat. Yeah, we never saw them actually get candy. They yeah. were they had fished out a bunch of turds. Mm-hmm. It was going to be real gross. Yeah, yeah. it's bait. 
Yeah, it, they were bait. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was in the bag? It was a bunch of dirty underwear was in the big bag. <laughs> and then he threw a paper bag with shit in well, it. Well, I got I figured out what that was. Because yeah. every time we put it on the counter, I was like, holy shit, you got to sterilize it. So, so anyway, they're walking on the street. But Milner or Tommy mm-hmm. like drives by and mm-hmm. Chuck's sister's in the passenger yeah. seat because they're on a date mm-hmm. or they were supposed to be on a date. But I guess Tommy picked up his two friends and then went and picked her up. Because Tommy's an asshole. Yeah, he's a he's douche. A, he's only in it for the candy. Yeah, Ruthie. Is it <laughs> yeah. Ruth? It's Ruth, right? Ruth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's like, you were supposed to just take me to dinner, just me and you. And then yeah. and he's like, want some dessert? Yeah, he's like, well, yeah. I'll get some dessert, baby. Look at my friends in the back. Yeah, and then makes one of his minions drive by and just snatch the um, pillowcase full of candy. Which is dirty underwear. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's right. what Chuck had in his hand. And he was walking mm-hmm. close to the street and they just grab it while they're in the car. Mm-hmm. And then they drive off and they're like, oh, it's dirty underwear. So they're like, right. stop the car. The brakes. Yeah, and then they the, the kids. So, so, they're like, holy shit, it worked. I know. And then they start grabbing eggs because mm-hmm. they brought eggs and then they start pelting the car with eggs. Mm-hmm. And then as it starts backing up, that's when Chuck lights the fire. Um, the poop, bag of poop. Yeah, mm-hmm. bag of shit. He lights it on fire and throws it Human. and it lands Human in Tommy's poop. lap. Yeah. yeah, His own poop, probably. Yeah. It might have been Ruthie's. We don't know. Ruthie, and then I, I hope she flushes. <laughs> and then he's smacking it into his crotch mm-hmm. to put the fire on. So he's like wiping the shit all over his pants and hands. While he's doing this, he drives into a fence. Yes. It's awesome. And then he gets out of the car and they start to chase each other. Because mm-hmm. he says, I'm going to murder you. And then yeah. Ruthie goes, that's my brother. And he's yeah. like, well, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. And they, the kids run off. And so they go to a drive through. And it's so exciting. I would love to go on a well, Halloween date to a drive through. They, they, they're not like. Not hey, a drive through. A drive-in movie. A drive-in movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is where they're like hiding and whatever. Yeah. And they are, they realize they're hiding right next to or like right Ramon's beside car. Ramon's car. Mm-hmm. And so they just get in Ramon's car. I know, yeah. Now Stella gets in first. Yeah. She, and she asks if she can come in. She's like, I need to come in and like, I need to hide. Yeah. And then Augie and Chuck just jump in the back seat. Yeah, was he like, was like, oh, he was super car. cool with her getting the car. And then yeah. the, the two guys, get, he's like, what? Yeah, well, yeah, get out of my car. This high schooler just jumped in my car. Super cool with it. But you two boys. Yeah, get out. Ramon's a creep is what we're talking about. No, say. Ramon's sweet. Believe me, I know creeps. Ramon is not a creep. No, Letterman just jacket is a creep. Oh, I'm, we're not saying he's not a creep. I'm just saying that Ramon is also a creep. definitely looking up yeah. agent consent laws. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't do anything. So they're all hiding in Ramon's car and they're starting to introduce themselves and talk about stuff. But Chuck but starts going through his shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, and holy he's, shit, do you live back here? Yeah, because I got the impression that he had, at least for a week, mm-hmm. lived in that car because we find out later that he got called up for the draft and just didn't go. And then a Letterman Jacket finds them and it starts menacing them outside of the car and says a racial slur that I'm not going to say about Sweet Ramon. Tommy has his baseball bat and he's like menacing and he, I was like, is he going to bring a brace? Because in the 60s they would definitely bring did. a brace. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, you dirty wet back yeah it's real Mm -hmm. gross but then people's inconvenience of watching the movie saves them and they all heart honking (laughs) get out of the way yeah we can't see get back in your car Mm -hmm. yeah but this is what i didn't understand like ramon his window is down because he leans up to tommy goes you smell like shit yeah and like (laughs) and and tommy knows it's true i know he's hurt a little bit dies inside yeah Yeah. but the baseball bat is like inside like he could have hit them with the baseball bat but doesn't. You have to be invited in. What is he, a vampire? A <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. All right. I mean, we never see him during the day. Yeah. Exactly. Tommy never like well, we do. physically oh, hurts anybody. He hurts Harold. Harold is an inanimate object. I think we're about to find out he's very <laughs> animate. Yeah, but I mean like Tommy could have easily like beat up, well he does beat up the car later. 
better. You know, yes. you don't have to ha- use physical violence to hurt people. <laughs> stories can hurt, Mikey. Mm-hmm. They can heal too, but not Tommy's stories. Tommy's no. a dick. Fuck Tommy. <laughs> All right, so Tommy leaves. Tommy he and does, his, yeah. and honestly, his two henchmen are there too, but yeah. they leave without really much incident. Right. And, and this then, is, he also says a couple of mean things about Stella. Yeah. And this is where we find out that her mom ran away. Yeah. What did he say that was mean? I, I've missed it. Like, yeah, you're going to run away like your mom ran away? Yeah, yeah, I think Something I like literally that. think it was that. Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. I don't know why. I mean, p- kids are mean, you know? They probably told her it was her fault. Yeah. Well, really she bad. thinks it was her fault. Mm-hmm. So that comes back later. So yeah. Stella she, gets out of the car. Yeah, she gets she out of the car and like cries for a bit. Calms she takes down. off some of her witchy moles that she had put on. And then she gets back <laughs> in the car <laughs> and she goes, want to go see a haunted house? No, never well, don't do it. Well, no, no. Wait, never don't do it. That ba- means do back it. Back up a second. Oh, no. <laughs> what have you done, Jen? <laughs> so they go to a real haunted house, which is a terrible idea. Not like a haunted house you pay money and people jump out with chainsaws and no belts on them. Right. Like, scare, no, like, like an actual so haunted house. Have you ever been to yeah. a real haunted house? Like a, re- a real mm-hmm. house that's haunted? Yeah. No. No. Fuck no. Oh, like the, the urban legend of your town or whatever? No. Yeah, Fuck no. no. So we get to the haunted house in this movie. Yeah, and, and it is a giant fucking gothic looking haunted house. Yeah, it's a well, it was like the richest people in town, so it is a very big house. The family that start, kind of founded the town because they built the mill. Built a paper mill, yeah. yeah. What What is their name? Bellows. Bellows, Bellows that's yeah. right. So the Bellows house, mm-hmm. and they had a daughter named Sarah, and we start mm-hmm. to learn this story that Sarah was never allowed outside. She was sick or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they locked her in the basement all right. the time, and we right. find out a little bit more about the story as the movie goes on. Right, but yeah. I think the story originally is this kids went and like to go see if they could see her, and all mm-hmm. they could do was hear her stories, mm-hmm. and then kids would die. Yeah, and so this right. is kind of tying back in, and I was like, huh, this is how they're going to introduce all of these stories. This is the child murder theme throughout the movie is what doesn't add up for me because really? at the end it comes out it's like it was the mercury yeah I'm not exactly sure how that worked out but I don't really care man I liked it but if it was the water it would be like well, everyone in town died they didn't died. know that they were murdered they just disappeared like it, well it wasn't like all the kids that died it was just like, like a few kids died mm-hmm. from the mercury poisoning yeah so her family blamed her for it mm-hmm. saying that kids were coming to see her and she was casting black magic spells on them that later killed them. Oh, okay, because I thought they disappeared or something. No, no, no. They the just died. The family did. Yeah. yeah. The only people that disappeared was the family and that mm-hmm. happened after she hung gotcha. herself. So it was yeah. just the kids were dying of mercury Right. Poisoning. And they were yeah. just dying of mercury poisoning. But when she died, that started the curse or whatever yeah, it is. The, kind of, the mm-hmm. rage mm-hmm. or whatever that started it. And they were the first ones to die that way. Yeah. We're not quite there yet. Okay, so they pick the lock and they break in. Um, oh, do they pick the lock or do they... Oh, yeah. Back in the car, like, the kids were like, Ramon's definitely got a switchblade because he's like older. And- anyway, so Ramon is a switchblade. No, no, it's not the switchblade. The way they pick the lock is, does anyone have a pen? No, mm-hmm. Ramon picks the lock. I know, but... It, <laughs> but he picks it with Chuck's nudie pen. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he takes the nudie pen, sort of doesn't break it, but takes it apart and then picks the lock because, of course, if you're a draft dodger, you know how to break and enter. So he goes into the house. Yeah, one week, Todd. He's the one that gets him in the house, right? And then they start looking around the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They split up Chuck and Augie sort of. Wow. So okay. Everything you're not supposed to do in a haunted house. Yes. They immediately split up like Unless idiots. Yeah. You're a creepy older dude who has found a 16 year old to hang out with. Then you're like, beat it two losers. I'm going to split up with the girl. No, Ramon is sweet. I like him. The haunted house actually had Chris Hansen in it. And he said, Ramon, <laughs> Ramon take, take a, a seat, seat over here. And Ramon's got like his 12 pack of like peach uh, wine coolers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I've got scary stories, short stories to tell in the dark. And he's like, 
sure, sure of the do. person you've been talking to in the chat room is an actor. This yeah. all checks out. <laughs> Stella's actually 30. <laughs> well, then it's consensual. He's like, I'll go to yeah. Vietnam. He does. That's how we got out of it. I love Ramon. He's sweet. I like Ramon, too. Yeah. Okay. So they're talking about how the family erased her from all the portraits, too, which is super creepy. Yes. And they disowned her. And then we got a jump scare of Chuck jumping out and scaring Poirot. Fuck, dude. There were the so many cheap ass jump scares. And I this hated was it. really creepy. Like this haunted house, it's very yes. darkly lit. So you can see just enough to know that it's super fucking creepy and there could be a monster around any corner. Yeah. I actually think this movie is at its best in this haunted house. I think in moments like this, it is. Yeah. And I think it does that very well. It builds tension and things are yes. creeping around. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think this scene and them getting locked in the basement and then later on, Fuck, the it was end, super, I, think, I, I think hate the it. And was all, all well done. It's cheap jump scare. I don't want to say it's cheap. It is. It's not it's, earned for me at all. It's cheap as shit, but it's it is effective. Cheap. You know, like oh, when I'm it saying the cheap, shit out of me. when I say cheap, I don't mean to devalue it, which is what the word cheap does. I mean, there are not many stakes. <laughs> like, it's just atmosphere. But OK, so we get in this. We're in the haunted house for like 20 seconds and Augie and Chuck separate and Chuck is trying to hide from no, Augie so he can jump out and scare him. The dumbest no, thing to do in a haunted house. No, Chuck is just trying to hide from Augie. Mm-hmm. So when Augie walks by, he can jump out and scare him. And mm-hmm. Ramon and uh, Stella go off to groom or something. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. And um, <clears throat> to just get to know each other better consensually yeah. and age appropriately. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 and sure. so she's telling her more of the story. And she says that the kids, the legend was that if you ask <laughs> Sarah to tell you a story yeah. that you would never make at home. And then eventually right. she hung herself with her own hair. With her own hair? Is that mm-hmm. what it said? I yeah. didn't hear that it did, shit. Remember, every time you see her, her hair is super long. It was. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. The one time we see her, her hair is super long. Yeah, yeah they said she hung herself with her own oh, hair. Oh, she okay. must eat a lot of protein. Okay. Anyway, Chuck and Augie go upstairs. Stella and Ramon stay downstairs and are like going to like when they're having that conversation about the mythology that is the Sarah mm-hmm. Bellows story. They're like at this secret door and, mm-hmm. and Ramon finds a way to open the secret door. Right. Mm-hmm. But while that's happening, Chuck and Augie are upstairs and Chuck hides himself inside this like wardrobe and then it closes mm-hmm. and it opens a little bit to peek out to see where mm-hmm. Augie is. And it's now like 18 60 or whatever yeah, yeah. lights turn on it's fully yeah. carpeted or whatever yeah and we see a like a doberman sitting yes. next to an old woman it's very much out yeah, of the montgomery bus. burns from the simpsons doberman yes mm-hmm. and like the female version of montgomery Mon- burns. yes yeah monty i call him and so, but she's got one of those veils and she just slowly turns toward him and then he closes it and then you can hear her footsteps coming closer this is one of those cheap john scares that scared the fuck out but of me. man it is effective i think yeah. um because you hear the footsteps and that echoes a lot of the stories a lot of these stories are and they heard footsteps and it's yeah. getting closer and closer and closer and i think the movie does a really great job of building and maintaining that kind of tension yeah but when the, when you would expect the doors to open and you see the old lady, you just see Augie there. Right, yeah, yeah it's Augie, yeah. and that's another joke. Dressed as creepy clown. He's got like a Pennywise the Clown outfit on. <laughs> but it's a Poirot-y Penny- yeah, Pennywise. Yeah, he's Ross Poirot-y. Poirot-y wise. But before that, we hear her whisper, this is an evil room, and yes. that's going to come back. This is when Ramon and uh, and Stella mm-hmm. go downstairs. Now they're back in Because they found Sarah's the hidden room. room. Oh, yeah. yeah, Ramon's like, oh, look at this room I found. <laughs> 
I totally haven't been here before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go check out this very isolated room where it's just you and me? What is that, a, a stained mattress on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> mm. But now Chuck is rightly saying, we got to get the fuck out of yes. here. This house is fucking yes. on mm-hmm. You burn that motherfucker down as you laugh running away from yeah. it. And so Stella is down. She's lighting light, uh, lighters all over the place. They're called candles. One oh. of them was a lighter. Like well, a yeah, that was Ramon's lighter, but they had lit in a bunch of candles. So they have everything they need to burn the evil house down. Yeah. So Stella wants them to come down and see Sarah's room too because she, like me, loves to share st- scary stories with people because hey, it's so much fun. Todd, would you go down to a basement prison room of someone who's died? Fuck no. I wouldn't have gone to the haunted house. I'd have been like, hey, Ramon, drop me off at my place before you guys go get dead. What if there's a girl you like down there? She will die and I will be at my place Ramon getting fat on Halloween candy. It, screw this. The, all these kids deserve what is coming to Dude, them. Dude, yeah. Just don't go to a haunted house. Yeah. Every yeah. one of the kids that dies deserves it. Also, Look, we're not going to call Ramona kid. No, he's the only adult. <laughs> he should have known better. Yeah. But so, and so she does the number one thing they're not supposed to do. She picks up the music box and starts playing it. That's definitely going to cast a spell. Yeah. Has she not seen Cabin in the Woods? I don't and know. And then she picks up the book and does the other thing you shouldn't do. Start reading the evil book that you find in the haunted base. Yeah. She actually sees that it's Sarah Bellow's book. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, let's just start reading the stories that when right. the other kids heard them, they all died. Yeah. They were supposedly written with children's blood. Ugh. Yeah. I would want to read that book, though. And then you would have gotten Mikey and me murdered. Murdered while you're making out with the pod father. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so while they're down there and the candles are lit and they're all talking and she finds the book and they start talking about it, the door of the secret room <gasps> mm-hmm. slams shut. And Ramon's like, what a coincidence. <laughs> I didn't press that button under the desk yeah. at all. Matt Lauer's high fiving him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like so- ghost high five. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Matt Lauer like appears in a big thing of black smoke. He's like, you found Matt Lauer's book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ramon. I love you. Anyway, so they run up and start beating on the door and they hear Tommy, who is up there with Ruthie. Ruth. So, and she's saying, you got to open the door. That's my brother. Yeah. And you're an asshole. And I think he's drunk too. We find out later. He definitely is mm-hmm. later. So he probably is on his way right. now. And so he says, okay, you can go open it. And she does. And oh, then he pushes yeah. her in there and locks Dick her in. Move. He was like, you're trash anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he, yeah. Because she said that she was going to tell the sheriff if he didn't open the door. Right. Which is the right thing to do, Ruth. Good for you. So he locks them down there and then just bones the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And she walks through a giant spider web. They're all mm. freaking out. And then Stella asks her to tell her a story. Yeah. Stella's reading oh, the book. That's what like, it is. Tell me a story, Sarabello. Oh. Oh my mm-hmm. God, why would you do that? Because she loves the darkness. Dude, Stella's dumb. Ugh, I hated this part of the movie. <laughs> the well, shadows go up and then oh. open the door for them. Yeah, the shadow opens oh. the door and lets them out. We've mm-hmm. come to we come to learn throughout the movie the shadow is Sarah. Yes. Right. So anyway, they do what you should do if you're locked in and then amazingly get unlocked out of a torture basement and they run the fuck out of there mm-hmm. and they go to Ramon's car because that's how they got there and it is destroyed with another racial slur. Yeah, yeah. it's a spray, wet, wet back spray painted and red spray paint. All the tires are slashed. Something's mm-hmm. happened to the engine. I think yeah. they took off something on the engine and threw it on the ground. Yeah. But he can't sleep in that car tonight. And you shouldn't sleep in a haunted woods car anyways. Not next to a haunted house. So anyway, uh, Stella's like, hey, don't sleep in this 
beat up old car next to this haunted house. I've got a basement you can put yourself inside of. Oh, gross. She doesn't he's say like, it like that. He was like, definitely wasn't trying to do this. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't my plan all along. Cut back as he slipped Tommy some money. <laughs> so anyway, Stella invites him to come stay in her basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they get there and he's like, I don't want to cause any problems for you and your She's dad. Like, my dad's got severe depression and has already passed out drinking. Yeah. yeah. Well, he has. Well, we don't, we don't ever see him drink. He may not be a drunk, but he's asleep on the recliner, right? Yeah. So she takes him to hit her room. He's already in her room. Yeah. And like Reading going- her short stories. <laughs> yeah. And she mentioned something about a, su- a pet becoming a sewer rat, which is another nod to one of the stories in the book. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. the alligator in the sewers kind of thing. Fair enough. And yeah. then she kicks him out of her room very politely. Mm-hmm. She gives him like sheets and a pillow, right? Yeah, but not before they bond over their love of horror comic books. That's true. Which is another reason I love Dermot. He's like, movie. hey, little girl, I have a bunch of comic books. I like them too. Yeah. Yeah. And She's he does. Like, I, I, does he? I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> I just Jen, that's the point. <laughs> what do you really know about Ramon, Jen? <laughs> But so she hands him what she hands him something I don't know and she says the she hands him um, a pillow and some sheets yeah and she said the basement's downstairs and he's yeah. like that's where they normally are yeah because he's done this before oh, <laughs> it's it's cute though I, I hope she has a lock is on her it door. cute yes I think it's cute like he doesn't do like if you look at it from that lens you can see all of this stuff but if you don't like he doesn't try okay, to he doesn't ever ma- hold on refrain. hold on he doesn't ever make her feel uncomfortable or try to like put any moves on her nor he does he ever, I, was, I was about to say that yeah, nor, he nor does he make any moves exactly yeah. yeah like I feel like you could look at it that way but I don't I choose not to if your daughter to. was 14 I don't 15. think she's 14. I think she's like 16. All right. If your daughter was 16. Honestly, if she's 16 and he's 18 in most states because of the Romeo and Juliet law, that's legal. Yeah. Oh, and this is when we find out that she took the book. Yes. Which you're not supposed to do. This Stella. is where I feel like she made the big error. Yeah. She yeah. pissed off Sarah. <gasps> and then I, we see Harold. So we see in the back, there's a new story. Yes. And it's written in red. Yes. And it's called Harold. And I got so excited when I saw that because that's my favorite story from the book, as I said earlier. And that's the story about the scarecrow. So now we cut to the creepy ass cornfield. This is the thing I think is the most effective in the whole movie. I loved this story until Todd was like, why would he walk across the field with eggs? And I was like, Ugh. yeah, well, let's let's build up to it because Tommy gets home drunk, mm-hmm. starts to walk in. And the woman, Stumble I assume, is, is probably his mom, yeah. Yeah. says you were supposed to take eggs to the Wickersons or whatever their name was. Mm-hmm. He's like, right now, mom, gee. And she's like, yes, Gosh. go. So, she's like, you're drunk. Get in the car and go deliver those eggs. Bring yeah. those highly breakable eggs to our neighbors while you're shit faced. Yeah, so cornfield he- at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to the chicken coop, gets a bunch of eggs, yeah. and then instead of getting in his car and driving mm-hmm. anywhere, he walks through the cornfield. He's drunk. But this is the most responsible thing he has done. It actually is. No, it's stupid. It is stupid. You would drive. If you just drove all about town drunk, you would just hop back in your car and be like, I'm going to drive. People yeah. change. No. <laughs> no. So anyways, so he's got these eggs and he's walking through the cornfield and we pass Harold. Yes. And we've started to see, um, we started to hear the story about Tommy hating Harold. And I just want to say, this is not the same story as the book. And I love how they included all of these things, but did it in a way that fit this story. So it didn't feel like an anthology. It felt like just a seamless narrative. Yeah. Um, but so he's walking through the cornfield and it freaked me the fuck out because we walk past Harold and you see the bus 
bug. Every time I thought I saw his eyes moving, it was a bug crawling out of his. Yeah, eye, there were a lot know? of bugs. Love that dude's face. There yeah. were. They were yeah. gross. Ugh. Um, so she's reading the story as we're watching these. He starts to go through the cornfield, and then he passes Harold again. Yeah, which is this weird. is a theme I think in a few of them, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like no matter how slow the person who's chasing you is, mm-hmm. they will always catch you. Right. And what I learned from Nathan is when you're not looking, they just sprint real quick. Yeah, from Leslie Vernon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. We love you, Nathan. So he keeps walking past Harold. I think he does it two or three times. Yeah. And then the third time, he walks past the pole that Harold used to be on. And Harold no more. But- <laughs> well, this is where you start to hear the rustling of the corn, and it sounds like something is starting to sort of walk behind him. Uh-huh. And you see something kind of go into the corn, and you can't yeah. quite see what it is. Yes. But you know it's not good, because no. cornfields at night are never good. Always drive drunk. Like, why would you do this? Why would you walk mm. through a cornfield? I don't know about With that. a creepy scarecrow. The more you know. Yeah, don't drive drunk. Clearly, I'm joking. No, yeah. I would totally just not deliver the eggs. I'm yeah. a terrible yeah. son. I'd be like, fuck you, mom. I'm going to yeah. go home and sleep. I'm drunk. And I don't know where the McTickerson's house is. McTickerson's. It's right across the cornfield. Ugh, yeah. It's too late. Yeah, All I'm right. out. But so now he turns around and he sees Harold standing at the end. And then he sees him again and he's right behind him or something. I think there's a creepy moment where we can't, we don't see anything and there's just corn everywhere. And then Harold is a jump scare and Harold's right in your face. Now, I think Harold like walks up on him because there is like a, a lumbering there walk is. towards and, him. And yeah. there's a moment where he's just standing there and he might still be a scarecrow still attached to a pole that we can't see. But then his head Oh, yeah. His head jerks. Creeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like he's starting to come to life in his hands, too. He's sort of like animatronic, almost robotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then he starts kind of lumbering towards him. And of course, Tommy starts to try and run away mm-hmm. and can't and trips over a, a like pitchfork. pitchfork. Yeah, a yeah. pitchfork. Mm-hmm. And he takes that pitchfork and stabs Harold like. Yes. Yeah, he stabs Harold, and like any kind of badass in a movie, he just stares right down at Tommy and pulls it out and then stabs Tommy with it yeah. right through the back. And you don't see blood, and I didn't notice this right away. You don't see blood immediately. You see straw. Yeah. And it's like straw sticking out of him. And then he I starts, honestly thought it was the prongs from the pitchfork. I thought it was prongs. But yeah. it's not. It's not. Because he starts to like kind of stumble and cough and his like you see straw kind of starting to come out of his mouth and he'll like suck it back in. Yeah, he stumbles towards the house. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, he's going to get away. But then he's like. Oh. Yeah. And straw's coming out of his sleeves. Well, you got hands and mm-hmm. ears and eye socket and mouth. It's mm-hmm. real gross. It he is. turns into a scarecrow. He yes. does. He t- well, we assume he turns into a scarecrow. We don't actually see that until a little bit later. Nah, I mean, like, we see and fall but that's what we assume is happening and that is really cool that's not where I thought that story was going to go, but I really is that different it. from the books. Oh yeah, that the whole story is totally different. Oh, is it? Harold is in both stories, but everything else is different. Fair enough. Yeah. So Tommy turns into a scarecrow. And um, scene. And scene. And now we see cop harassing Ramon at the car station. He's getting a car his, station. You well, mean the auto body shop? Yeah, the <laughs> auto body shop. The service station. Welcome <laughs> to the car station. <laughs> but the sheriff is harassing Ramon mm-hmm. because no one knows where Tommy is and. Everyone knows in town that Tommy's super racist, uh-huh. and Ramon's and, car has a racial slurs on it. Right, and, and they saw them up. getting a fight at the movie theater. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the sheriff is like, "You might want to stick around a few days." Mm-hmm. What's your name, compadre? And I was like, <laughs> "Oh man, Ugh. did he say compadre?" Yeah, yeah. He was. It was a little problematic. And Ramon says. Ramon Rodriguez? But probably pretty accurate to what 1968 Yeah, I mean... 
so now they're in their high school auditorium talking about the book that she stole from the haunted house and cursed all of her friends. Yes. And she's talking about how it was red and it smeared and it was yeah, new. It wasn't, it wasn't thick enough for blood, but it wasn't ink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it talked about Tommy, who is now missing. Right. But Augie is like super logical. He's like, listen, Tommy wanted to kill people in Vietnam. He signed up. He probably just left early. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. None of this is actually scary stories. It's just whatever. It's just circumstance. Right. Yeah. Right. And so we see uh, Ramon and Stella walking home or I don't think I think they're walking to the cornfield because she's like turned into a scarecrow. So yeah. we know where he is. So let's go find out. And so they but they see the police and Ramon says, oh, I can't. Go oh, Ramon's like five. Oh, yeah, I have some stuff on my yeah. record. And we Listen. find out that that's true. It's a draft note. I was actually not yeah. allowed at a school or 100 yards near a school. Oh, <laughs> All right. So now we see the scarecrow with Tommy's letterman jacket. Yeah, because they sneak in through the cornfield mm-hmm. to the scarecrow so they can avoid the cops. Right. And they, they do see his letter jacket on the scarecrow. Yeah. So Tommy's the scarecrow now? Yeah. No. But what happened to Harold? Oh, I got, the, I, I got the feeling that Harold was just wearing his oh. letter jacket. Although it might be... I think it's Tommy because he looks pretty different. But no, I mean, it's the same mask. It's the Harold mask. I think it's similar. But I think the Harold mask... But where, did, it, it but where did Tommy go? Tommy's the scarecrow. Where did, Tommy, where did Tommy's the scarecrow, go? where did Harold go? No, but like I, that's, what, that's what the reason I think it's Harold and not Tommy. I think Tommy is wherever Augie and Chuck end up. Well, there's an element to the original story about wearing a new skin. So it could be that he is now just the same okay. spirit of the scarecrow wearing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that could be too. I, I yeah. didn't know that. But so, I don't yeah. know. The movie doesn't really explain it. And no. I think the image is super creepy of it just being the Letterman Jack scarecrow. And also, there's, the, there's also like a police search party, but they're like the worst search party ever <laughs> that all of his clothes he was wearing the night before were on the scarecrow, but no one noticed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he's got like. <laughs> so, so Stella and Ramon just roll up on it. And Harold's like, what up, man? You like my new jacket? <laughs> right. Can you get me out from this pole? No? Yeah, okay. hey. So now Stella has come to her senses and decided to give the book back. Yes. Not that that's going to fix anything. Yeah, after well, one person's already dead. Right. So now the sister that we've seen, she said she got bit by the spider, but she's got a zit on her face. Yeah, back at Chuck's place. Because it's Chuck's older sister. It's, it's, it's Ruth, yeah. right? So Ruth has like a what looks like a zit, like a big zit on her face. And Chucky's making fun of her. Mm-hmm. her. She goes home. She sees the dad. The dad yeah. says, I've got to work late. Yes. And they have a sweet little moment. And she, and the dad's like, hey, Tommy's missing. Mm-hmm. Please come right home after school Please every day careful. for the next few days. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she goes inside and Ramon is there. I don't know he how Ramon book. gets there. Yeah. He should, no, the book is already in her bedroom. He Ramon shows up because he, he can't stay in his car because it's in the shop. So he wants to see if he can sleep in the basement again. And then while they're upstairs talking, then That's Ramon right, finds the book. Yeah. Because yeah. she's just sitting on the bed. They're talking. He's like talking to her. She turns around and the camera focuses on her and then it focuses back on him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where did you get that book? And he's yeah. like, it was, it was on right your bookshelf. Here. So now they open, they found the book and they open it and they see that there's a new story starting to be written. Yeah. And it's called The Big Toe. And that is one of the stories in the book. How true to the book was this one? Pretty true. Okay. This is pretty true. It's been a while. And I'm going to try to post some pictures of the pages of these books because there are illustrations that you can see kind of in the out of the book too. The story is that a mom found a toe in the garden and decided to put it in a stew 
and they ate the stew and then later on the corpse is looking for her toe yeah and comes creeping back there are several different versions of this story why throughout would the mom the do that a lot of these stories don't make sense and in the in the movie augie is home alone mm-hmm. his mom and i think maybe his stepdad yeah, joe yeah. i'm not gonna call him dad yeah right and they're, they've gone on some sort of trip so it's yeah. just augie by himself mm-hmm. and he's like mom you could have at least gone to the store to get me some food before you guys left mm-hmm. and and he, whatever and he's like whatever i'll just eat the stew Mm-hmm. And he, you don't hear her side of the conversation, but he says, I don't know. It's just in here. I'm Who else would have stew. made the stew? Yeah. So he starts eating the stew. But this is when Stella is like walkie talking and being mm-hmm. like, yo, don't eat anything. That stew has toes in it. It had more than just toes in it. It did. And Augie Ugh. had been mentioning like, you know, there are body parts in that food you're eating. Why would you eat that gross stuff? It's yes. got chemicals in it. Yeah. I don't really like Augie. So I wasn't like super upset about this oh, whole story. I liked Augie. But also, if you had a stew made out of somebody and the ghost of the person was coming for you, you know what I would do? I would just eat the rest of it just to piss him off. It's gross, dude, though. You yeah. already threw it up all over that the floor. That makes you a cannibal. And honestly, <laughs> a cannibal just out of spite. Well, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, where is my toe? I'd be like, it's right here. and It's delicious. You'll get it back after I digest it. Yeah. But then you, you can have to pick through this if you're going to murder me. But then you have to eat a toe. You got to use that fishing thing from uh-huh. the beginning to well, fish out the turrets. Well, and- So he eats a big chunk of the stew and then spits it out and realizes there's a toe. And he keeps saying, you're supposed supposed to be hearing where's my toe where's my toe and he's not hearing that yet he's just hearing stella telling him the story but i think once he pulls the toe out of his mouth and i almost threw up when that happened that's when you actually start to hear the corpse Mm -hmm. saying it for lack of a better term i don't know what they call her but my My problem with this scene is that you didn't see the toenail it just looked like a beanie weenie but he drops the stew on the ground and you see an eye. You see other parts in there too. It's mm-hmm. really gross. It is really gross. And then you see a shadow. So, yes. And I thought this was going to be the co- corpse at first, Mm-mm. but it turns out it's Sarah. Yeah. When the stew falls, it's not very liquidy. It was definitely more of a chili. Well, it's a stew. You're thinking of soup. Soup has a lot more of a liquid base. Yeah, but we are it's not. Chunky, what is happening? <laughs> It is chunky, right. but it's like a chili. It's like Iron very chef. <laughs> right. And so now he hears it, and he starts to run up the stairs. Here's what. Where's my toe? Where's my... This was creepy. The voice this was, was creepy. Yes, it was and creepy. And footsteps. This part, I think, may be the scariest part of it for me. Oh, man. Not this part quite yet. But so he's going upstairs, and he's in his room, and he still hears it creeping. And we see the corpse creeping up, and it looks like it's straight out of the books, the illustrations from the books. And Augie is an idiot. Yes. So he goes in high. He tries to get out the window, but he can't. And he... He goes, honestly should have run out the front door. He should, he should not have. have gone to his overly yeah. sized bedroom. Yeah. He should have gone out the front door and run you know you know who can't chase you very well a nine-toed corpse well you know because that big toes for balance exactly (laughs) he didn't even open the blinds in the window he tried to jump out no he was like i was like oh come on it was real dumb anyway so he climbs under the bed Mm -hmm. i hated this scene so much yeah he closed his eyes and so we see the doorknob turn and then the door opens. And the door opens, and this is straight out of the books. Once the door opens, we don't hear anything else. And no, we he, do not. And it's a really long, really tense time. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, I know something's going to happen, but I don't know when. I hated this. It was a good 45 seconds of mm-hmm. literally nothing. Yeah, because then he opens his eyes, and he creeps out, and he looks around. So he <laughs> creeps out of the bed, and he looks around, and there's still nothing. And he yeah. turns over, and he looks at the top of the bed, and there's still nothing. And he reaches all the way up. 
up and I think he still doesn't see anything. Yeah, I don't really know what happened at this jump scare because I pulled my hat all the way down and couldn't <laughs> see you? anything. It was really scary. So he gets jerked under the bed and then we see right under the bed the corpse is screaming right in his face. I did see that part. So it was and like then, a double because it's the first pull and then the corpse right in his face. Yeah. And, and he gets pulled into the wall. Like there's a hole in the wall and he gets pulled And his up. nails kind of scrape the floor. Mm-hmm. And Stella and Ramon are chasing or running to his house mm-hmm. because they're like, he's only a few blocks away. Let's go help right. him. And they get there. Like seconds later. No one's there. They mm-hmm. see the stew on the ground. They go into his room. No one's there. They throw the bed out of the way. They see the nails dragging into the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's like the end of the scene. Yeah. And they know what happened, though, because they read it in the story. Well, I mean, yeah, they yeah. do know what happened. Yeah. Well, they, they assume they know what happened. Yeah. I mean, they don't know where he is, though. That's like the thing. Like, they have no idea what happened to him. Mm-hmm. They just know he's gone. Right. Yeah. And so this is when they say that you don't. I thought this was a little cheesy. You don't read the book. The book reads you. And the way they said it, I think, was cheesy. But what they meant, I think, was. Um, yeah, I sort of got that. Yeah, it's no, like, I it think looks it, at what would scare you the most right. or what you're most afraid of. And then that's what comes after you. Which like is it, it yeah. which is exactly yeah. the premise of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that. I think that it's done Yeah, really I think well. Stephen King loved that too. That's why he wrote it. <laughs> so now I think they're still talking about what happened. They're back in the field. No, they're, no, no, they're no, back no. in the... It starts this cycle of like every night a new story comes into the book and one of them gets quote unquote killed and mm-hmm. maybe killed. We and don't And then they'll all get know. back together and talk about it. Well, right. they, they, they hold a meeting of the Losers Club at the drive-in. At the drive-in, yeah. Yes. This is and that next morning and it's uh, just Chuck, it's Ramon, and it's Stella. And, and Ruth. Because Ruth. Ruth drove Chuck in her yeah. pink car. Yeah. So they're all talking, and, and Stella's like, this is what's happening. Ramon's like, I saw it. It was fucked up. Yeah, Believe Stella's what like, she's saying. Augie's gone, man. He's not coming back. He's gone. And they're like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ruthie and Chuck don't buy it. And Ruthie's like, I got to go. I'm in my play tonight. I got to get back to school. Right. Yeah. You, y'all's Halloween prank isn't funny. Mm-hmm. They do think it's a Halloween prank. She's like, Halloween's over. Yeah. This is a stale joke. And my play musicals tonight. And now we get our library montage scene. And I love it because it actually has microfiche in it. They do. And they do what would probably have taken about a week and a half to 14 days worth of work. Right. I'm talking a fortnight, Mikey, uh-huh. like of work in like, I don't know, Very two nice. hours. Yeah. Which would take us now 45 minutes. Yeah. You'd go Googling. to Google and be like, yeah. so what's the deal with Sarah Bellows? Yeah. <laughs> Dear Jeeves. <laughs> yeah. So what do we learn about Sarah Bellows in this So scene? we learned that she hung herself in 1998 and then the family in left. In 1998? 18, yes. In 1898. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then after that, her family started to disappear. Right. And the newspaper says that, it, that they left, but they left without a trace. Right. And Chucky <laughs> spills ketchup on his shirt. He does. Yes. And that will come back to haunt us in just a minute. Kind of. And so they're talking about the family members and they're realizing that the names of the family members go along with the story. Yeah. They the specifically say Deodat. I think I'm saying Deodat. Deodat. It was yeah. a weird ass that's name. That's a weird name. This is the story of the Wendigo and that's where it's from. I it's thought Deodat the, was her dad. Yeah. It is. Oh, But okay. in the story, it's not. In the story, I think it's a fur trader. Oh, I got you, got yeah, you, got yeah. you. So because Deodat is the uh, main character in the story from the books called the Wendigo, which is another really creepy one. And yeah. I've got a and fun... And that's folklore. I've yeah. heard of the Wendigo outside mm-hmm. of the realm of scary stories. And I've got a fun fact about the specific story in fun facts, so stay tuned, listeners. All right, and we also see Ephraim. Yes, and, and that's he, her brother. Mm-hmm, he was in one of the stories, too, and I can't remember. Yeah, this family's cursed name-wise, anyway. Yeah, dude. And so this 
then they turn to the book. <laughs> but yeah, so this is when the book starts writing itself again. Yes, yeah, and we, and it's called the story's called the Red Spot, which all of these are stories from the book, right? And this is it's funny because Chucky looks at his shirt and he's like, "Oh my god, I have ketchup on my shirt! I, it's I me! Oh my god!" But it's not. It's, it's not. still too self conscious to take off the shirt. Um, but then it starts writing more, and it says the name Ruth, and then we think because we knew because we put two and two together that um, it's Ruth Pimple. If mm-hmm. it is, oh, winky blinky, right? And this is a story straight out of the books too and I'll post there's an image this from is the, the story I remember most about my childhood I remember hearing about this story in my childhood but I never read it but mm. I remember hearing about this I'd forgotten that this was part of it but anyways so Ruth is getting ready for Bye Bye Birdie and she's still got her zit and it keeps looking more and more gross like she, she bigger. really needs to pop it and the this, girl next to her is like you need to go take care of that oh, sweet. <laughs> this is 1968 so she runs we don't love each other for how we look on the inside so she runs to another mirror that's across the school. If you're going to pop a pimple, you might want to do it in private. Yeah, especially, especially that Especially when there's like a bitchy girl next to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was really shady. And there and are like, like a group of girls behind her making fun of her too. Yeah, and then like... So she goes in and she starts to pick it and it's like real big and it looks like her face is like swelling too. Yes. And there's like a big white spot in the middle of it. And so she's like, oh, I'm trying to pop it's it. It's not a pimple. It's a crater at it's this point. It's an abscess. Yeah. And you can see it moving on the inside. And so she's looking in a little, tiny little, what may be a hair. Not a hair. Pokes out, but it's yeah. not a hair. We're finding out it's, in a minute. Yeah, the, the tiny little hair pokes out. So she goes and pulls it. Mm-hmm. No, she she like tweaks it a little bit just to see what it she is. Like and then she pulls it. On it. But it starts, <laughs> but it starts to move. Yeah. It is a spider leg. And then her face sort of explodes with Uh just baby spiders. And listen, Jeff Daniels, (laughs) Jeff Daniels is not there to help her out. John Goodman, you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, John Goodman also. Maybe. This book may have gave me arachnophobia. Maybe as a did. child. Yeah. yeah. So her face is exploding, but mm-hmm. just like last night with Augie, the other kids, so Chucky, mm-hmm. Stella, and Ramon trying mm-hmm. to get that groove, <laughs> are running to the school trying to find her because mm-hmm. they know it's in a bathroom, and we don't. And they're like, Ramon, how do you already know where the women's bathroom is? He is leading the way. <laughs> He is not leading the way, and they walk into a different women's bathroom first, and there's a group of four girls in this women's bathroom. What are they doing? I don't know. Kara and I turn to each other and are like, do you do that? Because they're like holding one of them down. There's one in the middle. I don't know what's going on. Did you not notice that? It's a weird group. The first bathroom they go to is pitch dark, and there's like four girls in the corner. I saw that, but I wasn't really paying attention because the other scene we were cutting back to was a chick with spiders coming out of her face, so I wasn't really paying that much attention. Anyway, (laughs) so they run for from the first bathroom to the bathroom that she's actually in. The spider bathroom now. Yeah. Spiders have taken over. So they go there. Ramon and Chucky start trying to help her by like crushing spiders and then mm-hmm. Chucky runs out, grabs a bunch of like a mop bucket to throw uh-huh. on her but Stella is just standing still and sort of paying attention. She sees the shadow kind of coalesce into a female mm-hmm. figure and that's when Chucky runs in with a mop bucket and throws it on her and like right. sort of drowns the spiders. This is and like the third scene where like action is happening and Stella is not helping and just sitting back and watching terrible things she's happen. Connecting she's connecting the red string in her yes. mind. Yes. She's learning. And she saves the day, so I'll allow it. So now we have learned in the library montage that this is a little problematic. They had a maid or a live-in... It's a maid. Yeah, yeah, probably a maid. I think they said a maid. And her daughter, Lulu, who yeah. may have taught her black magic. Yeah, so Mrs. Lemon and her daughter, Lulu, mm-hmm. were maids of the house and may have taught Sarah like black magic. French, like Louisiana, New Orleans type. Yeah. Maybe. 
Well, yeah, because the perp was like, they taught him voodoo yeah. magic. Mm-hmm, which I think is just stereotypical because then we go meet her now. Yeah. And so. You mean the next day after the. Yeah. After. Yeah. yeah Sister is OK. She's just going off into a mental hospital for the yeah. rest of her life or something. As I would if spiders exploded. Yeah. Her face. Yeah, yeah. That would be pretty rough. But she's not dead. No. She's the only one that doesn't die from book. Yeah. No. I mean. If, Other if than Ramon name, and Stella. Sure. Yeah. She's the only one of the tertiary characters yeah. that doesn't. Um, and so we meet the Lulu Baptiste, I think is her name. Oh, I thought the last name was Lemon. Oh, it, I think it is actually. They changed it. Mm-mm, it's Baptiste. Used to be Shithouse. <laughs> Used to be Shithouse. It's <laughs> right. a good change. <laughs> it's a good, good change. change. I love that fucking I do movie. too, man. We haven't referenced that in a while. No, we have not. All right. So, um, so they show up and they meet her daughter. Right. So um, we see Lulu, who is now really old and blind. Yes. and She's a voodoo priestess. But what I like is she doesn't say that. She says, no, no, no. There's no magic. I didn't yeah. teach her black magic, which I like that they did that because they're setting her up to be this magical character. And she says, no. She just hated everyone. She was really mad because they locked her down in that cellar yeah. forever. And it felt really bad for her. And we see later that Lulu tried to help her, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And we don't really spend very much time with this character. Very small part, but did a great mm. job. And we learned from her that it's not black magic, it's rage. We also right. learned that she didn't die at the house. She died at the mental hospital. Oh, that's oh. true. That is an important dun, bit of information. Dun, dun. Yeah. Because Wait. they do then go to the hospital. Yeah, because Chucky's mm. like, stop talking to her. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Why are we still here? We've got to take a bus to the hospital. I get it because a lot of movies just cut to the hospital. Yeah. But I see why now because we have to like sit through the bus ride to the hospital. Well, and Ramon's car is, the, is still in the shop. So I understood why they took the bus to the hospital. Because they can't take their bikes. Right. Anyways, so they're on and we hear that it's election day too, which doesn't really mean much. So and so they go to the Pennhurst Asylum and I can't remember if Pennhurst is a real thing or not, but I'm excited because it's an asylum in the 60s. I actually like this creepy. part because you never really get to see big asylums looking nice. Uh-huh. They're always usually run down and haunted. Like um, Grave Encounters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one is like nice and it's more like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, which I love that book. I love that movie. And I haven't book. seen the movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. But we see this and uh, from what I've heard about some uh, mental institutions in the 60s, this one looked like it was much more um, clean. Okay, so. And they had enough staff to work it. So. Kennedy signed, Kennedy and Reagan both signed acts that cut all the funding for mental institutions. Yes. So at this point, they were still well-funded and well-staffed. But so they're looking for the files. So they go up to nur- not Nurse Ratchet and ask her where the files are. And um, she's like, have you heard of HIPAA? We cannot give you anything. HIPAA exactly. wasn't around until 98. Well, still, I mean, she's like, we don't give out patient information. And, and Stella's yeah. like, well, she died like 100 years ago. So, so nobody cares. And then and a uh, doctor's like, what do you want old medical records for? And you're like, uh, uh, a school project. And I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah, sure. the Kaiser Soze a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't you think that that don't you, you mean you want the stuff that's in the red room they, of pain they, records the just, red, just the red room, red room yeah. of records sorry and this is right after Chuck has just said that he's been having a dream about an old woman in a yes. red room of pain who's saying this is I don't think it's Red Room of Pain, it's just not. a Red Room. Just, red Room of Pain is yeah. a Fifty Shades of Grey reference. Oh, is it? I've seen the films. <laughs> 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 I 
So they, so he says, well, the records definitely aren't in the red room. So you definitely shouldn't sneak in and try to find them. And then people walk out of a door and it's insanely easy to sneak in. It's just like place. a clown car of surgeons got let out and it's like right. 25 surgeons walk by and they sneak mm-hmm. in through the, that door. Might They're as like, well have held a plant in front of their face. Yeah. That's enough phlebotomies in. for one day, Marty. Wrap <laughs> right. it up. Just high five each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So they sneak in and Chuck is too scared to go into this red room and they see that it's the like R.E.D. Like records, emotional destruction, or something. No, I, don't I, think like, I don't think that's what it's I don't remember what something it like is, that. Yeah. yeah, red is an acronym, right? Mm-hmm. But Chucky has acrophobia, so he yeah. doesn't go into the. Re- he doesn't follow them. They split up, so and he doesn't just like go back out to the waiting room. No, he's real stupid. He's like, I'm yeah. just gonna sprint as far <laughs> down this insane yeah. asylum as I can go by myself. Yeah, no, he goes to the elevator and goes to the top floor. Why yeah. does he do Onto that? He's an idiot. Yeah. So now he just has to run through this asylum and try to hide in creepy dark Well, because orderlies are chasing him because he was right. walking on the roof and they were like yeah. out there smoking or whatever. And he's like, do you know where you're going? And he's like, mm-hmm. now at this point, don't you think you would just have been safer saying, yeah, sorry, I snuck in. Yes. Can you protect or me? Or just like, hey, do. I took a wrong turn. I was trying to take a piss. Can you take right. me to the front? Yeah, I don't I'm, know I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. This is an yeah. asylum. I'm not a patient for sure. Yeah. Wing don't put me in Instead, he's like, yeah. Peace, and he sprints away. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. Benny Hill style moments. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ramon and Stella go down into the red records room and immediately find what they need. Ramon's yeah. been waiting to take her to the red room for a long, long time. My God. I'll give you that one. So- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So they do finally do. I, I mean, the, the amount of research they, they're able to do in like 20 minutes is insane. Yeah, really the is. red room is like. Indiana Jones style of like where they put the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. And then like she's like, oh, there's Bella's records. Yeah, or- they find the Sarah Bellows <laughs> box immediately mm-hmm. and the then find room. everything they need immediately. Mm-hmm. And then Ramon happens to know what a wax cylinder looks right. like and where they store wax cylinder players and how to use it. Yeah. It's like an old timey gramophone. Because this yeah. is all a setup by Ramon. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I'm okay with it, though. The we, Red Room is just Google, guys. Yeah, it really is. It's like 1968 Google. We had to watch the whole bus trip, but I, we didn't watch anything about them finding the file. <laughs> and so what we start to hear once we put this wax cylinder thing on. Oh, first we see the records that they like tortured her with electroshock Right, therapy. and that her brother was that doctor mm-hmm. in charge. Ephraim. Yeah. He's Ephraim. an asshole. Ephraim right. Bellows. And so we hear this interview that or this conversation she's having with him, and he's trying to get her to admit what she did. And she says, no, I didn't do anything. It was the water. The kids. Kill the yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. And in between that, we hear her getting, uh, I assume, is electroshock. It was electroshock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, and it just, it makes me sad. So they're basically torturing her to get her to admit that she's murdered all the children. Yeah, right. because Ephraim, the head doctor, is mm-hmm. her brother who is, you know, in the family. And the family is the one that's poisoning the town with the mercury from the right. paper mill. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make her the scapegoat because right. she's different. Mm-hmm. She's albino. Yeah. Yeah, this is when we find out that she has albinism. And then we start to see the book start writing and we hear her start to say, okay, I'll tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. And she, and her voice has changed and she sounds like she's more in control of the conversation too. And she starts telling the story of... Um, Chucky, she's like, Chucky. the Red Room. She's like, yeah. Charles is in the Red Room. Yeah. Like, oh no, this is... And it's really creepy because it's got the old timey like record player stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Stella opens the book and you see the words that you're hearing from the wax cylinders are right. the ones 
ones that are being written on the page. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sees a pale face. Yes. And what I love about this story in particular is there really isn't any details other than the room is red and there's a woman with a pale face chasing you. And that's what's really scary about a lot of these stories is there are not many details. There's just enough to scare you. Ugh. And so you can kind of put yourself in the story yeah. without like there's nothing to take you out of it. Yeah. But so we see like the, the some alarm goes off and everything is red in the room. We cut back to Chuck and he's in all of these hallways. And then we see from down the hall a woman with a really white face. I don't particularly remember her from the illustrations, but I imagine it's straight out of the book illustrations, but I don't particularly she remember She doesn't look like a person. She's got like a body, like a person, but mm-hmm. her face is too wide. The wise, the eyes are too wide set. The it's kind of like a whale big. person. Yes. Yeah. Or like a Humpty Dumpty's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's got this really wide, like thin smile that almost looks like a line was drawn on her yes. face. Yeah. Yeah. And she's creeping towards him. She's got kind of the smiley look and it's real scary. So he keeps trying to run away and every hallway he gets to, she's at the end of it. I like this scene. I did not like seeing her really close up. I thought she was much more effective when you saw her from further away. Yeah. And the lights would flicker a little bit. And it wasn't flickering from like dark to light. It was flickering from red to white. Yeah. Which was kind of a cool way to do that. But it Mm -hmm. was pretty creepy. Especially since she was pretty much only black and white colored. You're right. When she got too close, it looked a little too CGI. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they had done a little more practical effects in this movie. But I mean, I I think what they were going for is to try to recreate the images from the illustrations. And I'm not crazy about those illustrations. They're a little too gory for me. So that might have been why it didn't really work for me. But you said it scared you, right? Yeah, it was unsettling more yeah. than it scared me. Mm-hmm. Because no matter where he ran, he ran into her. Like yeah. she was all she was coming from every direction. And at one point she literally is because he's in the middle of four hallways and there are four of her coming. Yeah, it's like going him. to an ER with ammonia and running into her. Oh yeah. In every room is somebody that you used to date just creeping toward you in that red hallway. Oh my god. Just trying to hug you. Welcome yeah. to scary stories. And that's all that really happens to him. Yeah. She hugs him and then kind of absorbs him. Mm-hmm. And then she disappears and Ramon and Stella run up like he's supposed to be right here, which mm-hmm. I guess they would know from the book. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it just, I think it was just like plot convenience. Yeah, I think it was too. But yeah. whatever. But they find the pen. The dirty pen. The right. dirty pen that was his. And then they're like, well, he's. He would never would have left this. No. Not right. his pornography. He definitely got got. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Ramon put it in his pocket. Yeah, he, he was found like, love and this. decided he didn't need it anymore. That's definitely not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> the nurse goes, where's your friend? Yeah. And this is when she had. Has the conversation with Hank from Breaking Bad. With, yeah, because they're the dad. cops. Yeah, mm-hmm. the cops. The cops take him back so to the she, station. Yeah, and he's really scared because she hasn't shown up, and it's nighttime, and it's a really touching scene. It you is. Know? She's like, like, if I do, if you don't ever see me again, I didn't I, leave you. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's was, like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So then he pulls a Goodwill Hunting, and he's like, It's, it's not, not your fault. fault. Yeah. yeah, it's not your fault. Your mother left. Mm-hmm. It's kind of her fault. She's got something broken inside of her. Yeah. Yeah. This story does have like a subtext of trauma narrative and like how stories can be good. It absolutely does. Yeah. And I kind of like that throughout the whole thing. I think so too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so she has that touching moment and then asshole cop comes back and it's just kind of being a dick. Well, he goes up to uh, my favorite person. Ramon. Ramon. And he's like, Mr. Ramon Rodriguez. That's not your real name. Your real name is Morales because Mm -hmm. you're a draft dodger. Yeah. 
Howard. But anyway, so they Stella and Ramon get put in separate cells, although they're next to each right other. Right next to each other. And we find out that the sister, <laughs> she's like, she's not coming back. She's in an insane asylum for the rest of her life. Yeah, they're yeah. like, we saved her. And then dead? he's like, no, you didn't. Right. No, dog, she crazy AF. Mm-hmm. She ain't never getting out. And her face is all messed up, and this is the and that was only so yesterday. Like, she... Do you right. think she'd still be in the regular hospital? Yeah. They, they got to see if there's any more spiders in there, too. Gross. And so he's talking to Stella. He said, I, I should have told you why I was running away. Yeah. But my brother just got shipped back from Vietnam and he died there. He and, was in pieces, mm-hmm. which comes back in almost oh, immediately. Yeah, it does. Uh, I yeah. About that. Uh, yeah. You guys didn't pick up on that? No. Yeah. He's being chased by his brother. And so they're talking and cop comes back in. Cop starts reading the book. He does. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck is this book? And starts to see a new story called Me Tai Doty Walker. And this is straight out of the first book. And I love what they do because um, he's staring at the fireplace and he's seeing his dog growling. And in the book, there's an image of a dog right next to the fireplace. And that's all you see. What is Me Tai Doty Walker? Yeah, I don't, I didn't understand that either. I don't understand that at all. That's just something he said. Me Tai Doty Walker. Like just kind of a sing songy song he was singing lynchy kinchy collie molly dingo dingo and if you know folk songs and in my old job i used to sing a lot of folk songs sometimes they're just nonsense syllables so i think this is just a nonsense rhyme for a Fair monster enough. yeah i don't think it really means much but anyways so ramon is saying that when the monster gets him he knows that the monster is going to call him a coward and that's what it's going to be and that there was a fireplace or a campfire story that used to terrify him when he was little and it's the Mitai Doty walker and so we see in the fireplace we see the cop and the dog looking and a head just drops down out of the fireplace. Oh my God. Now, what did you think of this? Because I thought it was a little cheesy. I thought it was a little silly. Yeah, I mean, this is the only like thing that I think was intended to scare me that didn't really scare me very much. Yeah. I did like that the sheriff just immediately pulled his gun out and shot the head. I goes, did too. The head turns to the sheriff. He's like, meet that Donnie Walker. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. no. Nah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he, he puts all six in it. Mm-hmm. And then you start to hear more rumbling. And then a torso, legs, arms fall mm-hmm. out. And then and the then, Terminator 2s itself yeah, back together. And I did like that part. And then throws the sheriff, like kills him. No, breaks his neck. Breaks his neck. And that's one thing I'll give this movie because as much as we said it's kind of like middle school horror, like they actually kill people in this movie. Yeah, there's like a lot of people. Oh, and this is pretty graphic. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. you see his head spin around and and then they throw, and then the Mitai Duty Walker, whatever you call this thing, throws the sheriff into Stella's cellas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Against the bars. Yeah, against the cell. I like that though. And then um, the Mitai Duty Walker walks past Stella's cell mm-hmm. and starts to try and squeeze its way into mm-hmm. Ramon's cell. Like calling him a coward. Right. Mm-hmm. But also it's too big so it's trying to squeeze its head through like to get in. Right. It's very Terminator 2. I love it. Is it is very Don't, Terminator no. 2. While that's going on Stella's grabbing the keys off the sheriff's belt mm-hmm. and as the Mitai Walker is like halfway through the bars she lets herself and Ramon out uh-huh. and they leave the fucking station mm-hmm. and they get outside by the cop car and I, it looks like they're both about to get in it and then mm-hmm. Ramon's like you gotta go take the book to the creepy haunted house yeah. tell her the truth tell her the truth mm-hmm. solve this so I don't get killed more or less right. and do it quickly because this thing's after me yeah and it's pouring and we're seeing on the TV as they walk by that Nixon won the election and like the, the, the limbs are not put together to make it look like a person it's kind of like a creature person like the limbs are all jagged and 
and weird. And mm-hmm. I like the way that Mitai Doty Walker moved and stuff. It just mm-hmm. kind of looked a little fake. It was super yeah. unsettling, but yeah, it looked It was fake. unsettling. Just yeah. very, like, not quite Uncanny Valley, but just, like, yeah, I can yeah. see that. But it was like if you're, like, laying on your back and you put your arms on the ground and push yourself up. Mm-hmm. Like it's a bridge, like a yoga bridge position. Pose, yeah, yeah, bridge pose. Yeah. yeah. So and then you, just immediately flip yourself over without turning your head. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. I don't like it. Yeah. Anyway, so Ramon starts driving off in the cop car and she starts running towards the house and we stay with Ramon. Yeah, yep. he makes a rookie mistake here. He oh, does not turn on the sirens. <laughs> That's the first thing you do. If you're exactly. still in a cop car, you gotta go all the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the Mitai Duty Walker jumps on the, the car and mm-hmm. he doesn't slam on the brakes. Yeah. He doesn't not swerve. Yet. He just like drives at an even pace so the Mitai Duty Walker can like hit the windshield. Every single smash window. The window. Like, what are you doing, man? He's it's like you've never been chased by an angry father mm-hmm. while you're running away from a preteen's house. <laughs> I knew Mikey would like that joke. Mm-hmm. And the gym would not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he finally does come to the realization of, oh, I can change the momentum of the vehicle and it'll fuck up his balance. So he slams on the brakes and the Mita Diddy Walker gets to the front of the vehicle and is like holding on like to the front bumper. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he decides to slam into a truck. So Which he I thought was cool. I thought, was up. Cool. I thought it was a great idea. What I thought was even cooler was when the Mita Diddy Walker is trying to get away and then he's like, oh yeah, I can just disassemble my body. And then he just falls to pieces. On disassemble. I didn't like that because <laughs> oh, he could have disassembled his arms and his legs and head. Mm-hmm. His Not the torso, torso would have still been stuck. Right. So I didn't what like that. What I think would have been scary is if he reassembled without the torso and been like yes. a Ooh. crazy And just like spinning, thing. like yeah. rolling like a wheel. Yeah. yeah. That's what Harold did. He had that big section cut out of him because he's not a real person. He's a scarecrow. Yeah, no, you're right. Or if he had taken Harold's midsection. Oh! oh maybe the midsection is a Letterman jacket. Oh, no. Better better movie. He takes the sheriff's midsection. <gasps> oh, shit. I like that. No. So anyway, uh, the Mita Duty Walker is chasing Ramon again. Uh-huh. Where does Ramon go? To the haunted house. house. But Stella's already there and she goes inside right. and she's trying to, she's just screaming, stop telling the fucking stories. You were right. You're... No, she's like, I know it wasn't you who killed oh, yeah, the kids. Yeah. It was your family. You were set up. Stop and telling they the tortured fucking you. stories. Yeah. yeah. And so then she goes back into the past and we start to hear the brothers, Sarah's brothers, look for her. I think what you meant was she quantum leaps into the past. I love quantum <laughs> leaps so much. But she does because she becomes Sarah. Yeah. And yeah. we see her look in the mirror. We don't see her as Sarah, but we see her like looking at her face and then we see the long hair long white hair yeah. and her brothers have their belts out like looking for her yeah. oh yeah they're, they're terrible. horrible people uh-huh. I thought it was just her brother and her dad and we hear the mom that was in the red room again and she says I hear her and tells the brothers where they are yes and then we see Lulu as a girl and she says hide under the table they'll yeah. never find you that's the first place people look. Why are people always hiding in these like know. obvious Guys, places? Guys, it was like the 1860s. That was a new move in the it 1860s. It was, yeah. No one had ever hid under Hide tables. Hide and seek was new. Yeah. <laughs> so she's hiding under the table and Ramon, meanwhile, is being chased by the monster and he's hiding under the same table and he sees Stella's glasses from 100 years ago or something on the ground and we see Stella, the brother, finding her and they like drag her out, stomp on her glasses. Yeah. This scene makes me uncomfortable because they grab her by the hair and drag mm-hmm. her by the hair. They do drag her. And she's yeah. like, I'm not Sarah. I'm not Sarah. Yeah. And they're like, you're going to tell everybody that we've poisoned all these kids and it's the water and that's the last time you'll try to hide from us. And so they go drag her down into that. that into the hidden room. Yeah. yeah. And they say, you don't deserve the lights. And they turn the lights off. 
So Ramon is basically just hiding from the monster and it keeps cutting back and forth yeah. and they're in the same place. He's doing a thing where he hides from the monster over and over again and it's tasting him, but it's like not as important as it's, Stella's story. Yeah, right. And it's like the somewhere out there kind of moment where they're hiding in the same places, yeah. but they're they're far apart. Really, the only thing Ramon has to do is stay alive until Stella can exercise the Sarah demon. Right. So let's just go to Stella's story. And just right. as we're telling it, imagine Ramon kind of in I- increasingly ju- perilous position. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stella is now down into the creepy room. Yes, where Sarah was trapped. Right, and yeah. so we start to see her materialize in the chair, and this is the first time we see her, and she looks creepy as fuck. Yes. She's this old witchy kind of looking woman. But white hair. White Everything's hair. white. Long white. Hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she starts walking to her, and she says, I've got a story to tell you, Sarah. And then Stella's like, no. Yeah. Here's Bitch, the truth. I got a story for you. Well, first Ramon goes, hey. Hey, future. Hey, past Stella. Stella, tell her the truth. Tell her how you got your groove back. (laughs) (laughs) So she tells the truth. She goes, hey, girl, you didn't kill those other kids. No, you sure as shit killed my friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stop it. You just got to stop that right now. Yeah. If you let me go and you stop all of this, I will go tell the truth about what happened to you Mm -hmm. and that you didn't kill those kids. You just killed my friends and your family. But you got (laughs) to let that rage go, girlfriend. Yes. Well, and what she says, though, and this is what I think is interesting, is she says, you're a victim. You're not the monster. You're a victim. But you've let yourself become the monster and you have to let go of your rage so that you can start to become who you were. And I think because hurt people. Hurt, hurt people. people. I know. And I <laughs> I appreciated this part of the story. Yeah. Okay, so this is an early fun fact, but the director um, of this movie is Andre Ovdahl. I hope I say that right. You might have. He also directed The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, no shit. Yeah, oh, and okay. so there's a, that that whole story is about someone who is a victim who becomes yep. a monster. And so I think this is an element of that, and I saw a connection. I could definitely see that, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll I, post the blog that I wrote from about like a that. a therapy standpoint, I really like this conversation she has with the ghost because she's like, you know, your story, it, I'm not taking away your story and the victim and you have a right to be angry, but mm-hmm. the rage you feel is almost, your responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's it's almost like, so like in therapy, like in, in like people who are victims of big victims, you know, they'll, they'll have a lot of rage and stuff and like they have to like deal with it to get through and like, you know, feel better. Yep. I am currently doing that right now. Yeah. And it does help. Yeah. So I, I, re- I really like that part. I do you, too. I like yeah. it too. I thought it was a good message. And I think yeah. they're acknowledging the pain too and, say, and saying this is on you but let's reframe your story in a way that speaks the truth of what actually happened to you. Yeah she's like I understand you're a victim and all that but also yeah you did kill like four people so like you've got to let it go. I will tell your story and have Mm -hmm. your side but like please stop killing me. Literally she says let it go. Let it yeah. go. Don't hold it back. And then she, but yeah, but yep. then she does the scariest fucking ghost scream I have ever oh. heard in my life. But did, first, dude, the sound design at this point was super fucking scary. Did you hear it? Mm-mm. You didn't hear the. No, I can't. You didn't hear the. No. Oh, it scared the fuck out of me because the sound design is set up in a way. If you're in a good theater, you hear it from behind you on the right side of the theater. You hear it. No, I can't. And then small Aww. footsteps running away. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you hear the creep, the creepy fucking Which scream. goes into top two shit. ghost screams. The one at the beginning of Ghostbusters, which scares the shit out of me to this day. And this one, top two ghost screams. Yeah, it's real scary, man. But is this before 
or after she gives her the pen. She does give her the pen and then Stella starts writing what she's going to do when she gets mm-hmm. out. It's almost like she's writing out a contract that she will do these things mm-hmm. if Sarah lets it go and lets them go mm-hmm. and stops killing people. And I took that too kind of as Stella is now the one who's going to be telling the story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I loved as somebody who likes to tell these kinds of stories. But in a much less violent way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah because she's talking about telling the truth and the story that she she actually writes is called um, the truth behind our scary stories. Which I thought mm-hmm. was a, yeah, a, I like that too. I did so too, when yeah. the ghost screams, all of her ghosty magic goes away. Yes, the Mita Dodi Walker dissolves, dissolves and stuff. Yeah, and then Stella is returned to her current time period. She does. So she comes up out of the basement. I guess cellar hidden room that Sarah, mm-hmm. was Sarah's prison more or less. Mm-hmm. She sees Ramon there and they only hug. They don't only hug because he takes her fucked up glasses yeah. and puts them on her face and then she immediately runs into five things because she <laughs> because can't, she can't see, see anymore. Because they're covered in ash. <laughs> exactly. And it's just smashed. Yeah. But, but yeah, they, only they hug, hug and that's it. Yeah. I love you like a brother, Ramon. That's like, not what she said. No, 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 Ramon no. says, maybe we can explore this in two years, but right now let's give a platonic hug and my hands are free the whole time i'm just using my forearms he's going off the knob we know what happened no the reason he went off to nam is because she's like i love you like a brother ramon and he's like yeah. fuck it i'll go to nam also <laughs> I, i've seen your dad i saw breaking bad i know what he also the do. sheriff was murdered so he's like i gotta go yeah oh that's right oh, yeah yeah <laughs> he's it was the 60s and he got drafted yeah. so it's illegal for him not well to go. he's gonna be the fall guy of that murder so he had to get out of town yeah now we see her writing her the truth behind our scary stories on a typewriter yeah and he he is getting on his bus for the draft and he says promise me you'll write and she already hands she him a says, letter every day every day i think love letters are very romantic i think so too yeah so he's reading it on the bus and it's why, like why a, are you looking at me like that todd we don't know that they're love letters she says love stella it's literally a love letter <laughs> okay so now we see him reading her letter on his way to war and then we see her in the car with her dad and they're spending quality time together and this is weird this they're, is the weird scene let's not yeah. say quality time well yeah because now they're going ghost hunting and they're trying to search they're just down driving August. nowhere <laughs> but like, they're like the keys in the book and i'm like well then why are you driving out of town right read it you yeah. have it closed but sister ruth is behind them with in the seat with her scar, scar. Her yeah and yeah. it's awesome hey she, rock your scars ladies yeah anyways um and so she's gonna go help them find the lost boys this movie's very ambitious setting up a sequel like this. Yeah. Oh, because they're like, Augie and Chuck are still gone. Yeah. yeah. But the secret's in the book, and I'm going to find it. You know who doesn't mention Tommy, who's also gone? Uh, <laughs> no one. Because yeah, they're like, fuck the Tommy. We're going to find Augie and yeah. Chuck, but no. Oh, yeah, they not don't Tommy. mention him at all. No, they don't. After the search party, they're like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fuck that kid. And that's the movie. And that's the movie. Final thoughts? I mean, I didn't hate this movie. I wouldn't see it again just because there are a lot of jump scares and I don't think they're earned. I think there are a lot of cheap jump scares, but I sort of like the message of the movie. I really like how they were able to write a narrative movie out of Mm -hmm. just a bunch of short stories. Yeah. I had no idea it was a bunch of short stories. I didn't know that until after the movie and I was very impressed Mm -hmm. that they were able to create a movie out of just a bunch of short stories that are not even connected in any way. I think so too. And I loved how they did that. As someone who grew up reading this, I was watching that's like this feels just like watching the book yeah this feels just like reading the book yeah absolutely and that's why I loved it I could see like my friend Kara didn't really like it that much but she hadn't read the book when she was little and 
I feel like they really leaned into the book and gave fans what they were looking for, by, but still made a narratively sound movie. I don't know if I'm saying that well. I think that's, yeah I, th- yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they were able to make a narratively sound movie that stayed true to the short stories. And lots of that times, can't when be you, easy. no, it's not. And lots of people missed that mark. How do you feel about Mikey? I think it was like an average movie. I mean, I just don't yeah. see. I don't see myself ever rewatching it again. Me either. I think. I think you're right about the jump scares. I don't think they're well earned. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was a cool narrative with a cool message, but like, I just don't see myself ever wanting to watch it again. Yeah. But if you love these books, mm-hmm. I bet you'll love the movie. Right? Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. I think it would be better for a younger crowd. I give it like a three out of five stars. A completely average movie. But yeah. I could see myself why when my kids are maybe five or ten years older, I could see myself watching this with them. Absolutely. Like oh, when they I start getting would into scare horror. them. At I that think age, so yeah. too. Yeah, and I think it would like I think gateway horror is a great way to describe it because you sound like Ramon. What you meant was grooming horror. No, that's <laughs> not what I meant. No, I think it's it's it, I I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. It reminds me of like a scarier hocus pocus or something. Like kind of reminds me of like the woman in black too. Like more like Disney kind of horror. I think of it as like fun horror. Like I would watch this at a Halloween party or something. You know? Sure, I really enjoyed it. But I well, love you love the, the books, books, and that's what yeah. I, I do think if you. Love I, the books you'd like. I really like yeah. the books. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was a kid, I, I mean, they don't hold up now as an adult. But. Oh, I still love them. Let's talk box office. Yeah. And I realize that sounds dumb because the movie literally just came out tonight mm-hmm. and the theater was half empty, but it was a Thursday night showing. I don't think it's going to be indicative of the final box office numbers, but right. the budget was $40 million. Really? Which I think is a lot for this movie. Yeah. I, yeah. I think this movie is going to do well. I don't think it's going to be a huge hit but I think it's going to do well because there are a lot of people in the horror community that are super excited there, about there, there's think, no marketing budget all for this 5,000 really? of them can go see this 10 times and it's not going to make its yeah, budget and, back and yeah, listen we'll it might make its budget back I, I think 40 million dollars is low enough that it may very well make its budget back I just don't think it's like yeah. what we were there, talking on the way no here there's no marketing for this movie at all yeah so do you think it'll make its budget back Jen I think it will I don't think it'll make a whole lot more over its budget yeah. but I do think it'll make its budget what about back. you Mike I don't think it'll make its budget I'm I'm erring on the side of it probably won't, but I don't know. It might. I, yeah. I can't tell with, with horror movies because I wouldn't go see any of them, but <laughs> cool. Let's do fun facts, Jen. Fun facts. Okay, so I already talked about the director, but the screenplay, this is a special Mikey fun fact. The screenplay was adapted by Guillermo del Toro and Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. They also wrote the screenplays for the later Saws and The Collector. Oh! No shit, okay. Yep, and Marcus Dunstan, who was the director of The Collection. <sighs> nice. I know, and there's going to be a third one. We've got to watch The Collection before the third one comes out. So these are, we've been talking about them, they're based on books. They're three collections of short horror stories for children written by Alvin Schwartz and originally illustrated by Stephen Gamble. And the illustrations are real iconic. And when they re-released them, they changed the illustrations a little bit to make them less scary. And they got a lot of complaints about that. (laughs) So the American Library Association has said that this was the most challenged by parents series of books from the 1990s. And that leads into my fun fact about the Wendigo because parents would say they were too scary for kids. So I had it when I I used to teach elementary music and I had a club with some fourth graders and I read a couple of these stories, the Wendigo, and I had a parent come in, said that I had given her daughter nightmares and she was real mad and I got in trouble for reading this. Yeah, probably because you gave a child nightmares, (laughs) you monster. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, so, but the reason that they were, they said that they were too disturbing and too, um, the illustrations were too scary for kids. So Agreed. parents tried to get them taken out of libraries. And I do think it kind of hits maybe more middle school, but um, defenders of this said that it gives a face to things that children are afraid of. And I think there's a lot in that. There was a documentary made about the books and it premiered in 2019 at Panic Fest. Wait, what? Yeah. We were at Panic I Fest. I know. We didn't see it. I was so mad that we missed it. Yeah. Oh, man. What's it called? Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I was looking up facts about this movie and I was like, oh, they have a Rotten Tomatoes already. Oh, but yeah. it was the one for the documentary. <laughs> mm-hmm. It actually has a pretty high score on Rotten Tomatoes. Does man. It? I yeah. want to watch it. I which is good. Yeah. It sounds like if you have a high score, it'd be bad. Right. But it's like in the 80s, which is good. Yeah. Took me a while to crack that code. <laughs> <laughs> so they are making a tribute anthology. So they're going to make more scary stories, which I'm we'll super excited about, about no the books oh that oh, makes yeah sense. they're writing yeah. true i was gonna say the movie probably not <laughs> i mean if it does <laughs> well i bet they will i mean they i want to see her it. her dad and ruth in a truck going to a bookstore i don't really want a sequel <laughs> i want like uh, different stories um and that tribute anthology is going to be edited by jonathan maberry who is another horror writer okay yeah cool. all right those are my fun facts nice thank you Wait. for your fun facts jen all right guys Scary scale time. Hey, listeners. Mm. Our scary scale is a scale we used to rank how scared we were when we watched this movie tonight. It's not a ranking of the quality of the film. It's how scared we were when we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw. Oh. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> We've already discussed that we're not changing the scary scale. <laughs> well, that what scares me. You did. You only gave it a nine, though, so we can't give it a 10 example. I changed it to 10. <laughs> nine. It yeah. stuck with me. It's too late. All right, Todd, what are you giving this? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. It was pretty scary, mm-hmm. It was, but it was like cheap-ass jump scares. And because they're cheap, you know they're coming, and you can mm-hmm. pull your hat way down low, so you can only <laughs> see like the bottom 10% mm-hmm. of the screen, and you can sort of get through the movie fine. That's oh, what that I did, at least. A hat hack? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mikey? I gave it a two. As an adult a who two? didn't have to pull my hat down, Aww. Aww. I thought it was fine. <laughs> Honestly, if I was forced to watch the jump scares, I probably would have been closer to a seven or eight. I'm yeah. not even joking. It's, I hate jump scares so it's much. It's the imagery. Yeah. It's very effective. And I think it was really well done. Like, I think the jump scares did do well. Did you I, have like a weird jack in the box when you were a baby or something? What? Does you just, just don't like being startled. I, I hate think. being startled. Like the, that toy, you know? Like the, I know what a jack in the box is. We've all seen April Fool's Day, Mikey. Oh, God. I, All right. I think I'm going to give it a four. Like it got me in some of these scenes. It's the kind of movie that I love with jump scares where you have it's really, really tense and it's building up and then you have the jump scare and then you laugh at it and it's kind of dumps off the pressure. And I really enjoyed it. OK. All right. Well, that's cool. our scary scale. So this week you guys took me to go see scary stories to tell in yeah. the dark. What are you guys making me watch next week? I'm so excited about next week. We're watching a new to Redbox movie, and it was one of my favorites of 2018. We are watching Overlord. Oh, I really liked Overlord. I did too. I remember I'm when so you excited. saw it, you loved it. I did. Uh, yeah, I posted it. It sounds like it's it. like in my wheelhouse because it's a World War II movie, and I love World War II yeah, movies. You're going to like it. Well, I think you'll like it. Yeah. We'll see. It did. I love it. I'm so excited to watch it again. Yeah, so next is Overlord. So, guys, watch Overlord before next week. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, so we are going to read another five star review that we got this past week. Uh-oh. This one from Canada. Mikey, do you want to grab that? <laughs> oh, they didn't put what accent to read it in. They didn't. Ugh. This one says a feminist, a horror virgin, <gasps> and a Mikey walk into a pod loft. Which one do you think we are? I'm probably <laughs> the Mikey. I'm probably the feminist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> This is Veronica 
Veronique. Veronique. She's cool. I've seen her on the Facebook group. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. She does a lot of like stuff make with makeup and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is she got a lot oh, of paints that... on her body? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I've seen her on Instagram. So she says, I can't really explain how great this podcast oh. is. We'll try. But she's going to do her best. <laughs> yeah. It's made me rethink so many <laughs> movies. Oh. It's made me laugh. You're welcome. There's never a dull moment. You're welcome. That's a lie. Because Todd edits them out. <laughs> and I really enjoy the camaraderie the hosts have. No. I haven't watched so many varieties of horror movies in all my years as a horror fan, and it's always fun surprise to see what's in store for the next episode. 10 out of 10. Would recommend and have recommended to all my friends and family five stars. Oh, thank you thank so much. You. That, that is an so awesome sweet. review. I, that makes me feel good about the movies that we picked, too. Yeah, I liked it. Remember, if you want to leave a review for me to read, leave one, yeah. and I'll read it. Please. A five-star review. I want a five-star review. Yeah. Please say him reading Dinosaur. Yes, and also language. leave what accent you want me to read it in. This Please. is my new challenge to the community. I really, dinosaur. really want to see this. Yeah. I want to hear I a dinosaur review. All right, guys. We are a member of the Modern Horrors Podcast Network, and you're catching us on their feed. Switch over to our feed. That way you get it two days earlier. But if you are subscribed to their feed, you're also going to get other awesome podcasts like the Modern Horrors Podcast, which is back to a pretty much weekly schedule. Yeah. And the death dying and other things and the lovely final girls yeah. so check us out on socials at horror virgin on all the socials mikey is at m randolph 24 jen is at jen Ferratu, and i am at todd j awesome pretty much on all the socials mm-hmm. just check us out you'll see us there and if you're not in the facebook group what are you even doing with your life yeah my mom's there she yeah. shares our stuff on her facebook now Aww. really yeah that's she's like, awesome listen to my son's podcast with his friends what's Aww. it like to have a supportive mom it's real nice my mom's actually super supportive yeah. <laughs> she just hates horror movies like me like me do that's all i was gonna say like, like me, me do, do mikey no, you can tell it's well past midnight anyway go check out the website at horrorvirgin.com you can see the blog that jen writes we also have a link to our merch store a lot of great stuff there and if you want to help financially support the show go to patreon.com slash horror and sign up for one of the levels there we are currently trying to save up and get new mics yeah. uh to get you guys better sound so 10 like percent there yeah we're <laughs> on the way we got a lot of uh great levels sign up for one and help mm-hmm. support the show if you can't support the show financially you know keep doing what Wait, you're doing I until your friends a guy named daniel i would mention him one because he's never read the harry potter books just seen the movies and i think that's a really kind of a dick move and then two him and his wife are starting a candle store and i want to say good luck to that oh yeah and along those lines we have a horror virgin baby that's just been born sorry what? along those lines we have a member <laughs> of our Jesus? facebook group who just had a baby so we're so excited really? yeah, she named her ripley that is oh, awesome so sweet so welcome baby ripley Lead to the horror virgin well, family. Yeah, absolutely. I know she's so got a cool. horror virgin onesie, a final girl's onesie, but I don't think she's big enough to wear it yet. Well, she'll she's grow into it and then out of it, but yeah. it's fine. Join the Facebook group because yeah. it's so much fun. Join the Facebook group. Yeah, but really, thank you so much just for listening and downloading. That really means. If you can't financially support us, telling your friends and stuff about it is great. Yeah, really leaving really reviews, all that stuff really helps people find the podcast. It does because the more reviews we get, the higher we up on the charts, and people just kind of find us organically. It's mm-hmm. great. So all that's right. going to do it for us. Well, that's going to be. It from That's us, be everybody. Guys, let's just lock I'm it up. So Jen. Tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah. It's after midnight. It's past my bedtime. I don't work tomorrow. The show, Jen. So yeah, then. I know you don't work tomorrow. Yeah, I work tomorrow. Uh-huh. And I have to edit this motherfucker tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jen. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mikey. And thank you for joining us. I am the horror virgin Todd. <laughs> awesome. That's what I say. We will see you guys next week. Watch Overlord. Yes. And thank you for joining us. <laughs> have an amazing week.
Be careful out there. Don't walk through corn home. Corn holes? Don't corn walk home? home through corn. Wow. You are real tired, Jen. <laughs> I am tired. Bye. Bye. Nerds. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe how late it is. This is awesome, though. I love you guys. <laughs> are you guys still Ramon's around? a pedophile. Good Hashtag no, the truth. not. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. Oh. Guys, if you're still listening, you're a true fan.